Hey guys, thank you for tuning in to the Risen Nation Church podcast. I pray that this message today impact your life and above all, draw you into a deeper encounter with Jesus. Thank you guys. Brother Costi, how long do I have? When do you want me to shut this thing down? All day, that's, that's a dangerous thing. Okay, you guys may be seated. Um, goodness, I, I do have a very specific word today. But Kasi, you guys, you and Erica, I just got to meet Erica, like here on the front row. You guys are good pastors. You carry that, you know, I mean, they're just good pastors. I work with, you know, sometimes we look at the apostles and the prophets and, whoa, man, those are just really explosive fivefold ministry offices. But I've had the privilege to be around people who are dynamic, powerful pastors, you guys, you, you, you fit that bill. And you're a great teacher as well. Keep leaning into that gift, brother. I, I wanna share this. I got this word, this prophetic word in worship because I think it pertains to this house. So just very briefly, John 14, verse two. We're quite familiar with this, but it's very interesting when you do a deep dive in the original language. Oh, by the way, I'm Larry Sparks. Nice to see you guys. I'm, uh, listen, I just dive right on in. That's, that's how we go. We live here locally in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. My wife, Mercedes Sparks, works here locally with a gentleman named Lance Wall now. She's his vice president on his show. So, so often I go places and say, I'm Mr. Mercedes. Uh, I'm, I'm the husband of Mercedes Sparks. So proud of what God's doing through her. We have one daughter. That's a little bit about me. Let's dive on in. John 14, verse two says, in my father's house, there are many mansions. Pause. How many of you have heard that passage preached as if there are a bunch of big houses that we're gonna get one day in heaven, kind of like, and I'm not even talking prosperity stuff. I'm saying, well, when we get to the great by and by, Jesus is gonna have a mansion for you. And that's great. There is a dimension of truth to that. But can I tell you in the original language, do you know what that means? Jesus is saying, in my father's house are many houses. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. The Lord would say to you here at Risen Nation Church, lean into your assignment because you are a house of Levites. That's the Lord. He told me right there, this is a house of Levites. Well, Larry, what does that mean? It's people who minister to the Lord. Don't try to be like anybody else. Pastor Costi, Pastor Erica, team, community, don't try to be like anybody else celebrate the everybody else. This is what happens sometimes in the body of Christ. It just gets wonky. It's like, we have a unique assignment. You have a very unique assignment here, particularly in worship. You literally could worship for three hours. You call me up higher. I get tired, but being in an atmosphere like this, you provoke me to keep going. That tells me there is an assignment on this house to raise up and literally impart that Levite DNA to people who come here. I'm just gonna say that's not necessarily who I am. I'm kind of the teacher and all that, and I'll get into that mode. But when I'm here, I'm infused with that spirit of a Levite, one who ministers unto the Lord. In my Father's house are many dwelling places, many houses. Can I just tell you what that means? In, in his house, in the great house of God, the great church, because how many of you know there's one church? This is a local expression of that church. In God's house, there's a place for the Levites. There's a place for the warriors. There's a place for Risen Nation. There's a place for Bethel. There's a place for Toronto. There's a place for anybody familiar with Fresh Start Church. Uh, okay, 
very different. They're the warriors, but there's a place for all of them. And we've got to celebrate each one, celebrate each one's uniqueness. But my final concluding word in this whole prophetic swirl is lean into who you are and don't apologize. Lean into being Levites. Don't apologize. Of course, we don't neglect the teaching of the word, but there is something here. And I've experienced it nearly every time I come where there's a calling up when it comes to worship. I could literally be getting tired. I'm like, okay, Lord, but you guys as a community, call me up higher to go a little bit further when it comes to worshiping Jesus. And you carry that. So I wanted to bless you with that because I just got that scripture while we were in that wonderful atmosphere of worship. I'm gonna get old school tonight, today, wherever, where are we? Morning, morning, okay. Goodness gracious. I'm gonna ask you to stand for the reading of the word. I've got one passage I wanna read, but I want you to stand. This is my message a scripture that I've given my life to. It's a prophetic scripture. And where we are right now in history, I literally see this unfolding before our very eyes. So Zechariah 10 verse one, ask the Lord for rain in the time of the latter rain. The Lord will make flashing clouds. He will give them showers of rain, grass in the field for everyone. May God add his blessing to the reading of the word. Lift your hands right now and then we'll sit down. Father, we have come this morning to ask for rain. Whoa, we at, we, because we recognize, well, Rabbi, just, just start praying in the spirit. Just start praying in the spirit. Lord, we make ourselves interruptible this morning. I, I've come to serve this wonderful group of people. I've come to serve the Holy Spirit, but Spirit of God, do what you want. Spirit of God, well, Rabbi, say, yeah, yeah. God, I thank you, God, that people here, you have, you have, it's legal to encounter God. It's legal to lean into what the Holy Spirit's doing. Father God, we receive whatever you're serving. That's it. That's it. God, if you want to come well, if you want to come upon us with liquid love, where the tears just start streaming, God, we receive that. If you want to come upon us with a baptism of fire, where we tremble and where we shake, God, we welcome the baptism of fire. God, if you come upon us with heavy kabod, weighty glory, then God, it's legal just to lay on the ground. Father, whatever you want to do, Spirit of God, we do not give you terms to work with today. Hey, we don't tell you what to do. We just say, Holy Spirit, you're so welcome. And we serve your agenda. We serve your agenda. We recognize it's time to ask for rain. Thank you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, you may be seated. You may lay down. You might, if there were a chandelier, I'd say swing from it because, you know, it's time for us to act like Pentecostals again. That's a whole other message I have on Pentecostal fire. But, but you know, the earth needs that. The earth, the people who are disconnected from God, they don't need people who have a lot of form and no power. The people outside of our churches who don't know Jesus yet, we do them a disservice if we take the church and turn it into an entertainment center. I'm, I'm gonna just say this bit, particularly at Christmas season. I love coming here because we're, 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 listen, I love Christmas. I love pageants. I love programs. I love the food. I love, I love all this stuff. I'm not one of these people who's gonna like practice deliverance on you if you've got a Christmas tree. 
<laughs> we can get goofy sometimes. And you know what? If we need to have a conversation about that, we can. No problem. But I love that in Christmas season, you guys are not backing down or you're not watering down uh, your assignment here to be a house for the Holy Spirit, a house for God to do what he wants. Sometimes I have seen people make the mistake of thinking, we've got more people coming to our church in this season. So we need to kind of, you know, we, we need to neuter it. We need to water it down. We can't, no, I say go for it. Why? The people who don't know Jesus, listen, they don't want a TED talk. They don't need entertainment. They don't need me up here being a celebrity telling jokes. I'll tell you exactly what people need. They need Acts 2, 5, and 6, where it says, when they heard the sound, the multitude, I'm going, you got to help me preach in this place. It doesn't say when they heard the TED talk. It didn't say when they heard the cool preacher. It says, when they heard the sound, the multitude came. What was it the sound of? The sound of outpouring. I'm not trying to be mean or cranky. A lot of these folks who want to orient church towards something more entertainment, can I tell you their hearts are in the right place? Their hearts are to bring as many people in as possible and connect them with Jesus. But can I tell you the greatest way to do it is the timeless way to do it is we welcome boldly the outpouring of the Holy Spirit because I know on the day of Pentecost, when he fell, the multitudes came. The multitudes are waiting for a church that prioritizes the Holy Spirit. Oh boy. <laughs> I love this statement because it says, ask for rain in the time of the latter rain. The first thing we need to do is we need to discern what time it is right now. We need to know the times and the seasons we're stepping in prophetically. My friend Dutch Sheet says it this way. He says, when you know what time it is, you know what to do. Well, that seems pretty simple, Larry. Think, think with me for a minute, because there's a lot of folks, and, and I love their heart, but they're talking about the great move of God, the one day someday revival. One day when God pours out his spirit, one day, someday when we experience this, can I tell you for 2000 years, we've been living in the time of rain. For 2000 years since the day of Pentecost, just a brief church history lesson, there has been no removal or withdrawal of the Holy Spirit from the earth. If anybody teaches you that, it is false. And I know there's people who teach that and we'll go in a back room and have a good conversation. Most likely none of us will walk out of that back room convinced, sadly, one way or the other. All I know is for 2000 years, having studied church history, that's what I got my degree in from Regent University. I have studied moves of God. I've studied non-charismatic, non-Pentecostal moves of God. Here's the deal, for 2000 years, God has always responded to the hungry and to the thirsty. What happens sometimes is we use this futuristic, well, one day, someday, when God decides to pour out his spirit, that language is an excuse for us to be irresponsible with the moment we've been given right now. If it, think about it with me. If it's always one day, someday, I don't need to do anything right now. I joke this way because by day, for 12 years, I've been a book publisher, publishing Christian books through Destiny Image. By night, I travel and speak on revival. But I always tell people, listen, if I wanna sell millions of books 
if I just title the book rightly, like The Mysteries of the End Times, 21 Unfolding Prophecies about what is coming in the days ahead. Listen, I'm not criticizing those people. I love a lot of those people. I am saying that sells books as opposed to if I write a book called How to Experience Revival Now. Crickets on that one, but man, people will buy the book about the unfolding mysteries of the end times in the thousands. Why? Because we love intrigue and we love what's coming and we love the one day, someday, because again, if revival is available now, let me change my language. If the outpouring of the Holy Spirit is available right here, right now, well, Larry, why aren't we experiencing it? Maybe it's because by and large, we're not taking responsibility for it. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just trying to actually set us free today. I actually believe at the end of this service, not because of anything I've done, I believe, whoa, I feel it even now. The Holy Spirit is going to fall. Why? Because you're going to get an ask in your lips, a prayer, this ask where, God, I recognize what time it is, and I'm going to ask you, God, for rain. I'm going to ask for what's available right now. I'm not going to beg. It's the difference between asking and begging. Begging is, oh God, please, as if God the Father has a clenched fist in the heavens around an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to just bust that myth. He does not. His fist is not clenched around the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. He's so willing. He just looks for the hungry and the thirsty. And like Dutch said, if we know what time it is, we know what to do. And if it's truly Zechariah 10 verse one time, if we're in the time of rain, then we need to ask for it. So number one is simply this, discern the times prophetically. If you've got your Bible, I wanna encourage you to open to Matthew 16, one through four. Such an interesting portion of scripture. Matthew 16, one through four. And the Pharisees and the Sadducees came and to test him, Jesus, they asked him to show them a sign from heaven. He answered them, when it is evening, you say it'll be fair weather for the sky is red. And in the morning, it will be stormy today for the sky is red and threatening. Pay attention to this. You know how to interpret the appearance of the sky, but you cannot interpret the appearance of the signs of the times. An evil and adulterous generation seeks for a sign, but no sign will be given to it except the sign of Jonah. So he left them and departed. Okay, just hang in there with me for a minute because so many people will take that and turn it into a proof text. Because how many of you here want to see more signs and wonders? It's legal. No, no. I actually believe we're only seeing a measure of what's available. I really do. So it's legal for us, I believe, to truly hunger to see a demonstration of signs and wonders. People have to, you know, again, it's under our publishing banner, we've got Destiny Image, and we also have Harrison House. So we publish things like Charles Capps, a lot of the classic faith leaders, uh, Kenneth Hagen and such. So people are like, well, Larry, are you, you guys sometimes, you're just a bunch of, you know, name it, claim it. I don't know if anybody has heard that nonsense. Or health and wealth. And here's what I say immediately. I'm like, listen, we are not health and wealth because health and wealth ends with God being my butler. 
You know what we are though? We're signs and wonders because signs and wonders always point to the living Jesus. So if somebody comes and gives you that goofy accusation, well, you're talking about healing. You're talking about God providing for you. You're talking about deliverance. You're just health and wealth. Say, no brother, I'm signs and wonders because signs point to something. They point to someone, they point to Jesus. It's all about him. But back to that passage, people will use that as a proof text. In other words, see, it says a wicked and adulterous generation seeks a sign. Don't seek signs. No, 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 no. In context, you know what they were doing? Jesus had literally walked on the scene. The one that the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the religious people should have recognized because they were well studied in theory in the scriptures. And then yet the manifestation of the scriptures, the fulfillment of what they should have been crying out for was standing right in front of them. And yet fulfillment was there. I I pray you get this. Fulfillment was standing before their eyes and yet they were dissatisfied. Yet the fulfillment, Jesus, was not up to what their expectations were. They wanted something else. Can I say it that way? They wanted something else. The fulfillment of the law and the prophets was standing there. Therefore, they're like, well, we'll perform another sign. Jesus is not going to, he's not going to do a song, show, and a dance. He was what they were longing for. Let me put that in a contemporary translation. There are so many people right now who say, you know what? What's happening, what God is doing right now in the earth, pouring out his spirit, what really what he's been doing for 2,000 years. They, they spend so much time creating heresy hunting websites over that and discernment ministries trying to tear it all apart. Listen, are there goofy, strange, flaky things? Yes. When the Holy Spirit pours out, a few things happen. And I want to tell you this because perhaps one of the most controversial things that makes people say, okay, You know, I'm thinking of places like Brownsville or Toronto, leaders that I work with very closely who are pure, love Jesus. And you'd have revival meetings where unusual things would happen. And if you get a very cerebral, um, inappropriately theological person in an atmosphere like that, they're gonna say, oh, no, 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 this is not the revival I want. I don't want anything to do with people shaking and trembling and falling. I want something different. Do you know what they're saying? They're saying, I actually want something that's more in line with my comfort zone. Let me put it this way. I don't want the revival. I don't want the rain that God is actually pouring out. I want something that suits my preferences. Because here's the deal. When the Holy Spirit's poured out, this just helps mature all of us. Three things are happening in an atmosphere like that. Number one, God is genuinely touching people. How many of you have been touched by the power of the Holy Spirit and something happened? (laughs) May not be the same. In fact, don't ever feel bad if like, you know, you're in a prayer line and the person to the left like falls down, the person to the right's like shaking and and you're like, well, I got a tear. Like, is that God? It's equally God. Remember, we've got to let him pour out what he wants. We don't get to tell the great... uh, Just think about it this way. Uh, Imagine three people going into a doctor's office, and if the doctor... They all had unique, different conditions, and the doctor gave them all the same medicine. That's not good. That's not a good doctor. In the same way, the great physician, when he walks in the room... (laughs) He knows what you need and he will pour out what you need. If you need the fire, he'll give you the fire. If you need love, he's gonna give you love. If you need healing, does that make sense? 
So number one, when the Holy Spirit's moving, it's God touching people. And when God touches a human body, like my friend John Arnott says, it's not weird that people fall down or shake. It's weird that they don't explode because it's God, it's God Almighty. So we recognize in a meeting like this, God will touch people and they'll respond. Number two, people will behave in the flesh. What does that mean? It means they will either, they'll be looking around saying, I guess in order for me to like feel God, I gotta shake. So they'll kind of work it up. Often it's still motivated by good intentions. Somebody like that simply needs to be pastored. The worst thing we can do is actually shut down a genuine move of God because somebody is so hungry and desperate for God, they're, they're trying to manufacture an experience. I know that's not right, but they're trying to manufacture an experience so they can get to the place where people who are having genuine experiences with God are. And we're gonna shut something down because of that? No, we pastor them. We take them, we do what we need to do. And then, are there people who just act goofy and strange? Yeah, we deal with it. When did we become so thin-skinned that anything like that's like, we gotta shut it down. So I just encourage you. I mean, I think I'm, the Lord told me to just mention this today. I believe you're gonna see a whole lot more of this kind of phenomenon, Pastor William, Pastor Erica. And what I love about your family, what I love about your legacy is one of those things, you steward it with reverence. And at the same time, you say, Holy Spirit, we want whatever you want. We're not gonna shut it down. The third thing that happens, and this is the one that really gets people, is, well, Brother Larry, what if it's a demon? Come on, sit. You know what you do? If you, Bill Johnson said it this way. If somebody's manifesting a demon, if you spot them, you got them. If somebody, and you know what that tells me, Pastor, is if the atmosphere is so filled with the presence of the Holy Spirit, that people just by coming into that environment are manifesting demons, you've got the right thing going. You dare not shut that down. Because that means you've created a demon-free zone. It means you've created a place where when the critters come in here, they wanna get out. So it is vital in times of Holy Spirit outpouring, because I believe we are in those days right now. And in just a minute, I'm going to actually name and identify places left and right. You know, in the 90s, there was a handful of places where God was moving. Anybody ever go to Argentina when God was moving down there? Claudio Friedzon, okay. Anybody go to uh, Toronto or Brownsville? Oh my goodness. All right, we've got to read some history books, guys. Isn't that scary? I feel old. I'm like, man, I... You know, it's one of those things where back, back then, the bottom line, there's a handful of places where God was moving and people would literally make pilgrimages from all over the world to come. Can I tell you where we are right now is God is moving all over the earth and it's no longer just one place here or one place there. It was Tim Sheets who prophesied a day is coming and I see this day materializing right now where everybody in the United States would be within 20 miles of a church filled with Holy Spirit outpouring. We're moving into that. We're moving into that. So I wanna encourage you, when God pours out his spirit, there are gonna be people who say, you know what, I don't like it because it doesn't suit my preference. Because remember the text I'm comparing it to, Jesus showed up and he did not suit the religious preference of the Pharisees and Sadducees. In other words, he showed up in a way they didn't expect. May I propose to you that God has, to, has the right to show up in ways perhaps we don't expect. And that's what we're seeing right now. I made a little note, read this. So I'm gonna read this and finish my point. 
I said this, in response to the text that I just gave you from Matthew, Jesus was not against miraculous signs and wonders. He rebuked the religious people who were asking for signs when signs had already been given. Jesus in their midst, healing and delivering people. The religious spirit is blinded to what time it is in the spirit because it exalts personal preference over the real and present move of the Holy Spirit. In other words, I'm gonna say it one more time. In other words, I'm not gonna accept this as revival until God shows up in a way I'm comfortable with. There's a lot of arrogance in that observation. When the Holy Spirit is moving in a way that religious people don't like, they reject it and they ask for something else. And thus they become preoccupied with the future. One day, someday, signs of what God will do at some point in the future, as opposed to clear indicators that God is moving right now. And how many of you can see evidence, clear evidence, God is moving right now, right now? But I've got good news. When God is moving, when we see the activity of the Holy Spirit right now, it is an invitation to ask for more. Because remember the text, Zechariah 10.1, what does it say to do in a time of rain? We ask for more. We, we don't We don't coast. We don't have the luxury of saying, oh, I'm grateful for what God's doing in all these different places. I'm just gonna sit back and recline and take it easy. Because how many of you know, even when we look at the scriptures, there is so much in the word that we are not seeing manifested right now. Simply this, what did Jesus tell him? He told his disciples to preach the good news of the kingdom of God, cast out demons, heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead. Come on back there. I feel like, I sense with every fiber of my being, we are going to see a strong resurgence, well, not even a resurgence, just a strong emphasis on the resurrection of the dead. Whoa. Not for show, not to bring people necessarily to our church, although people will come to churches. More so, I feel like we're gonna see that as the ultimate sign and wonder that confronts the spirit of the age. Because if a notable resurrection takes place, you got two options. You bow the knee to Jesus, you do what Pastor Costi was about. You, 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 you repent. You actually change the way you're thinking or sadly, the heart is hardened. When a living miracle, I'm saying this because I just feel it. I'm, there's a point that I was gonna share, but I'm gonna just share it now. I'm talking about physical resurrections of the dead. Can I just prophesy over some of you? You're gonna see prodigals raised from the spiritually dead. You're gonna see medical conditions that look hopeless and dead resurrected. Why? Not just to give you a family breakthrough, not just to make you feel better. Here's the deal. I believe those testimonies of prodigals coming home that literally look like resurrection, like that kid was so far away from God and then God supernaturally, literally brought them out of the dead. It makes me literally think of the guy whose son came back, obviously the parable of the lost son. My son was dead and now he's alive. I feel like even as I say, that and prophesy that there's somebody it just testifies to where it literally looks like all hope is lost. But can I tell you what happens when that prodigal comes home? They become a living testimony of res. If you were really Pentecostal, somebody might just run around the room right now. 
If you are right now praying for a son or daughter who is far from God, you better just stand because we're gonna pray resurrection right now. And if you don't, just pray in the spirit. Father, we thank you. Yeah, 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 just lift your voice. Father, whoa. Lord says, I'm changing the way you pray changing the way you pray. I know you've cried out. There's so many of you who, who have even experienced medical conditions in your body because of taking that son or daughter. The burden of prayer has literally in some ways physically crippled you. Holy Spirit, release healing right now. And I'm saying that because I'm, I'm getting a word of knowledge for somebody that I know where literally their body has been deteriorating and I know they have been burdened for years. Father, he's releasing healing right now. Healing, healing. And the Lord says this, it's no longer just about your son or daughter coming home. I want them home. But can you understand? It's not just so that they'll be sitting at the dinner table at Thanksgiving or sitting at a pew. That son or that daughter who is far is meant to be a reformer. That son and daughter, there's a war over them because when they come back, they are going to, li- they are going to be a living testimony of revival. Oh, so here's how I feel like the Holy Spirit's telling you to pray. It's like, I'm, I'm giving you a new weapon in your arsenal. Joel 2 and Acts 2. What does it say? Well, the outpouring of the Spirit. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. I pray right now, because I know so many of you have been wearied over praying and crying out contending. The Lord says, would you pray a different way? Maybe pray that they would experience a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Pray, God, you said in the last days that you would pour out your Spirit on all flesh and that sons and daughters would prophesy. So Father, right now, I thank you. I thank you, God, that my friends here would just take that word with them, that word from your word. And they would pray Acts 2 and Joel 2 and literally declare an outpouring of the Holy Spirit over them. And God, yes, they'd come home. Yes, they'd sit at the table. Yes, they'd come to church, but that they'd prophesy that they'd prophesy. For the Lord says, the, the, the war against them is intense because of the voice that God wants to release out of them. Wow. Just, just a minute, just we stand in this. Holy. There's just a wonderful peace of the Lord coming on you because I feel like God just wants to restore you. He wants to touch your body. He wants to touch your mind. Again, I'm just going as I'm directed by the Spirit. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Just lean into it. <laughs> you have cried out. Here's another thing. Lord, I pray for those who are far right now from you. Would you just surround them with people who are marked by revival? <laughs> Would you just start to surround them and bombard them with, yeah, I just think of our friend Corey Russell right now. The thing that brought Corey into the kingdom was one of his friends who one day was like going down the wrong direction and the next day had an encounter with God, marked his life forever. Point is this, I pray God surround these sons and daughters with people who are marked by the presence of God and God, it would provoke them. I thank you, last thing, Holy Spirit. I feel like parents, this is for you. The Spirit of God's not intimidated by their situation. He's not intimidated by how dark of things they're pursuing. He's not intimidated. He, he loves to fill void, dark places. The Bible, wow, the Bible begins with that. 
Ah, the Bible begins with the Holy Spirit over a place that's dark and void and empty. And it's what the situation looks like to you. But we just declare right now in the name of Jesus, even after today, that as our prayers are recharged and we start to just declare with boldness, Father, we ask for an outpouring of your spirit on our sons and daughters. It will literally be like Genesis 1 where the word of God collides hey, with the spirit of God and creates happens. And we declare right now, they will come back to God in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Feel the Holy, you may be seated. I felt like the Lord wanted to interrupt this. This is so big to him right now. Because do you understand how that's revival? Do you understand once, and I'm going back to my notes, but do you understand how if, (laughs) oh, she mama say, Do you understand how if there is a child that you have who's far from God, particularly if a lot of people know about it, that's never fun, particularly when you're supposed to be the Christian parents. I'm just breaking some of this stuff off right now. When we're supposed to be the Christian parents going after Jesus and our kids kind of go in a different direction. But do you know how supernatural that is when they come back to God and it's a supernatural thing? They become a living testimony and they literally become a sign and a wonder of revival. So that's what we're praying for. That's what we're praying for in Jesus' name. Number two, good news is I, I, I don't have eight points or 10 points. I just have three. So I love this one though. Number one was we got to discern the times and we are in the time of rain. Number two is this. We need to watch out for the storm clouds of revival. Watch for the storm clouds of revival. And it's that phrase where it says, the Lord will make flashing clouds in Zechariah 10.1. Sometimes people use poor interpretation skills when they're looking at something like that in the scripture and they immediately read their bias into that. In other words, they'll see storm clouds. and Well, that means apocalyptic doom is coming, brother. That means the storm clouds of all sorts of atrocities. How many of you need, I mean, listen, you look in the news, you look out there. We know that we're in Isaiah chapter 60 where it talks about darkness and deep darkness upon the land and its people. I'm part of the Apostolic Council of Prophetic Elders with Cindy Jacobs. We come together once a year and really get, uh, I would say, a community of reputable prophets to say, you know, what, what is the Holy Spirit saying to you? And really collecting, okay, what is God saying right now? Holding each other accountable. And imagine that, prophets holding each other accountable. That's a good thing. And I love it because there's always these common themes. One of the common themes when we came together is we are in a season of war. Okay, but I mean, it's going to get better. We are in a season of war. Please don't let, oh, I, I, a little, little tangent, don't let anybody come and tell you that, oh man, everything is great. You, re- you don't know what's really going. It's all chocolate covered cupcakes and yellow sprinkles out there. I mean, because that's what happened in the days of Jeremiah the prophet. You had false prophets who didn't know how to tell spiritual time. They were in captivity and the false prophets would be like, oh, no, no, before captivity, it was like, oh no, you're not gonna even go into captivity. Just keep doing things the way you've been doing. Well, guess what? They ended up in captivity. And then when they were in captivity, the false prophets popped up again saying, well, your captivity is gonna be short. We need people who are plugged into the times and seasons of what God is doing right now. So, and and you kind of know, because they'll always bring a balance of, okay, this is the negative, but here's the solution, okay? I, on the other side, when it comes to the prophetic, I don't want to hear from anybody 
all their word is is bad and they have no solution on how to shift it. Do you know what prophets are also called to be? Intercessors. So when there's a bad news, a bad report, well, I saw this coming, I saw a tornado, earthquake. Great, that means God's telling you to shift it. That's the balance, that's the balance. Anyway, yeah, it's a time of war. I mean, that's, it, does, it doesn't take a brainiac to figure that one out. Isaiah 60 though says this, darkness and deep darkness is upon the people in the earth, but arise and shine for the glory of God is upon you. The glory of God upon the people of God should always be infinitely superior to the darkness in the world. I'm gonna say that one more time. The glory of God on the people of God, on the church of God. Listen, there's always been darkness. There's always been deep darkness. I do believe Jesus is coming back. I believe when what we read about in Matthew 24, we could go and have, I'm sure, a very robust and heated and excitable end times eschatology conversation. But here's my end times simplified. There is darkness, there is deep darkness, but can I tell you, there is glory upon the people of God. And the darkness gives an invitation for you and I to bring the glory into the darkness because he becomes all the more visible, contrasted with the backdrop of darkness. Does that make sense? But here's what I love. Yeah, it's a time of war, but one of the things all the prophetic people were really sensing is that we're shifting from a Psalm 23 season into a Psalm 24 time. Because Psalm 23 talks about Jesus, the Lord as our shepherd, people going through the valley of the shadow of death. I don't even need to ask for a show of hands. In the last season, though, I would even say the last two, three years, how many people have really genuinely navigated what the psalmist identified as the valley of the shadow of death, but yet God was with you. And there's this real sense that, yes, we, obviously he's always the shepherd, but there's a shift that we're seeing where we are stepping into this Psalm 24 moment where we read, lift up your heads, O ye gates. Be lifted up, everlasting doors. Let the King of glory come in. And one of the specific angles of that prophetic word is, I felt like the Lord said, there's gonna be cities, territories, and even nations who will open up doors in the spirit and say, King of glory, come on in. King of glory, come into this church. I even believe, again, on a, na on a national level, there are gonna be high, there's gonna be, I'm prophesying even now. I, I see even coalitions of churches, coalitions of believers, hungry, coming together and saying, you know what, as your church, as your ecclesia, as a spirit, spiritually governing force in the earth. We're gonna come and say, God, over our nation, over our territory that's been written off as dark, we are gonna be a voice that says, we open up the gates and say, King of glory, come in. King of glory, come in. That the earth would know the Lord who is strong and mighty. Who is this King of glory? I'm just grateful that that's where we are and we need to know what time it is. But like I was saying, when you see something that says, you know, I'm gonna go back to my Zechariah 10. Well, he'll make flashing clouds or storm clouds. I remember the Holy Spirit saying, look for the showers or the storm clouds of revival. And you know what? Candidly, let's just do a little evaluation of what 2023, 2023 erupted with revival. Remember Asbury? Yeah. And a lot of people would say, well, that closed down and that shut down. Let me just give you an analysis, just a prophetic perspective on that. You had Asbury. I went because I'm like, God is moving here. I've got to go and see what the Lord is doing. Now, candidly, I was a little bit skeptical. 
I, I was hopeful, but I was like, well, Lord, is this you? It doesn't look like what I've seen in the past. I know here I am talking about this stuff and I was guilty of violating my own message. I'm like, God, this is different. Are, is it just a bunch of students getting out of class? Like what, what's going on? Thank you. I'm grateful that he is merciful every morning because I, I, so I went and it was a genuine move of the Holy Spirit, a real sweet, anybody went to Asbury? Did anybody go? Yeah, yeah. I, I believe it was a real genuine outpouring of the Holy Spirit. But here are the two ditches that people were finding themselves in. Number one, there's the, the ditch I almost ended up in where it's like, this is not a move of God. This is not, because it doesn't look like what we've seen in the past. Here's the other ditch though, equally dangerous. People looking at that and saying, this is the great end time revival. Yeah, this is it. You know what that was? That was Ezekiel 47 verse two. That was a trickle. Ezekiel 47 talks about a river. There's a river of God with multiple dimensions, multiple expressions, multiple levels. It literally starts with a trickle, which means it's still the river. It's not anything less, just like my, you know, my kid, when she was like six months old, even though she couldn't walk yet, even though she wasn't fully developed in that area yet, she was still a child, okay? In the same way, revival starts that way. It's still revival. It's just adolescent. It's just young. That's what we were seeing, I believe, right there at Asbury. And then, of course, it started to flood to all these other universities and such. And I believe God was doing something. God was stirring something. And I asked him, God, you've got to give me a context for what we're seeing right now with Asbury and all these universities where there's this emphasis on these kids coming together, one place and one accord, praying and worshiping. And here's what I felt like he told me, and I'm standing on this word. He said, Larry, you should know, what to, you should know what's happening. I'll imagine God to say that to me. He's like... And then God proceeds to remind me, Larry, you've studied revival. You paid a lot of money to get a degree. You should know what's happening. All right, God, I need your help. He, he does that, and he always has a smile on his face. But he, he's, what he said was this. He said, Larry, we're in Acts 2, verse 1. You should know full well what Acts 2, verse 1 is, is they gathered together in one place and one accord. That's what we were seeing. We have no right to write that off because that is a necessary prerequisite. And this is what the Lord told me. And it marked me. He said, they're gathering together one place and one accord. And Larry, one place and one accord, that gathering will produce the inevitability of a suddenly. It will produce the inevitability of a suddenly. In other words, we never devalue for a moment one gathering where we come together in one place and one accord because it's building equity in the spirit realm. Listen, there's stewardship and sovereignty in that our stewardship is we come together one place and one accord and we always experience him. He always comes. But I do believe that there are sovereign suddenly moments that are the result of us coming together, stewarding are these gatherings, stewarding prayer meetings, stewarding what we saw at Asbury and all these universities. We come together one place and one accord, and we are moving inevitably towards, I believe, a suddenly outpouring of the Spirit, except I don't believe it's just going to be at one church. I believe left and right, we're going to start seeing these sovereign suddenlies of God, where he just breaks out with power, a dimension of power that perhaps we have not tasted yet. But we're moving towards that. And let Asbury and let the, please don't write that off, by the way. Please don't be like, ah, that came, that went, what happened? That was a sign. May I say, according to what I'm reading here, that was a shower. 
That was a storm cloud. That was actually telling you what time it is in the spirit that we are moving towards the inevitability of a suddenly. And the last one I wanna reference in this is just recently, because okay, we had Asbury, we've had things here and there. And some of you may not even be familiar with this. Just a month ago, a few weeks ago, uh, Free Chapel, Jensen Franklin's church had an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Here's what I love. Just break it down very This is what I do. Some people are like, Larry, you're like a storm chaser. Like a revival. Let it be so, God. Let it be. I, listen, I'm not a revival junkie in that, well, I've got a show and get a zing and a zap and all that. But I want to prophetically discern the times so I can let the body of Christ know, listen, we're in it. We need to respond. So I was following all of a sudden, you know, they were doing a four-week Sunday evening series on the end times. They had John Hagee, they had Jimmy Evans. And then the last guy came in was good old Perry Stone. I've been watching Perry for like 20 years on Manifest. And I'm all, I always loved the guy. So I'm just watching. And then I, I guess what happened, he preaches his message on the end times. But there's something that took place at the altar call where the Holy Spirit sovereignly fell in that place. And people just came to the front and he looked at Jensen Franklin and said, what do we do? Well, we just keep going. And they literally spontaneously in the moment, like polling, what, 3,000 people, they're saying, hey, would you come back tomorrow if we just decide to experiment, keep this going? Well, every night for two weeks, the crowds increased to where they had overflow every night. But here's what excited me. And this is both the invitation and the warning of the 21st century church. Free Chapel, where Jensen Franklin pastors, it's a mega church. It's a big church. They've got multiple campuses. Sometimes it's easy for us to write all oh, those mega churches. Here's what I love about that mega church. They pivoted with the Holy Spirits. What does that mean? It means you had Perry Stone, who is a church of God, Cleveland, Tennessee, Pentecostal guy up there, speaking in tongues from the pulpit, praying for people, laying hands, doing impartation. At one point he said, listen, if the power of God falls on you, there's not enough room up here for you to like fall back. Just go on your face. And because the power of God was falling left and right on people. And what I love is they didn't try to sanitize it. They didn't try to shut it down. They didn't say, this is a little weird. Listen, Holy Spirit will do weird things. I don't like goofy, but I like weird. What's the difference? It's funny. Some of you acted like, well, of course that makes sense because people will ask me. Goofy is when we try to make something up. Goofy is if I do this, people will look at me and they'll perceive I'm spiritual and hallelujah. But weird is when the Holy Spirit does show up and people do fall down because they can't stand. <laughs> Weird is when people shake and tremble or cry or laugh or all that, because he's just coming and doing what he wants to do. So I'll take weird all day. Goofy, we'll deal with, we'll deal with. But I love the fact that here at a mega church, to me, this was a huge rain shower. This was a huge storm cloud of where we're going because typically we, we, we have people say, oh yeah, God can't do that kind of stuff at these mega churches. We criticize them. He sure did. I remember watching it one night and they give an invitation for young people to come up and receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. I've never actually heard an invitation like that in a church that big in the United States. I'd say thousands came up and Perry started to pray. And I was just watching on my computer in my office doing something else when they did that, the power of God fell and I literally fell out of my chair. I, got, I, 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 I was caught in what they say, the splash zone. 
And as a result of that, we ended up doing an interview. I ended up uh, doing a conversation with Perry Stone. We're gonna have that come out in January. But just talking about, listen, God is moving and, the, and, and no one's safe. <laughs> Rain's falling and no one, no one is safe. So my encouragement is when you see the showers, when you see these showers, whether it's Asbury, Free Chapel, there's been, there's been some showers that have been raining for a long time. Bethel Church, Toronto, the ramp. When we see those places, we celebrate them and we say, God, more, because they're all signs of rain. Here's my last thing and then I'm done. Number three is this. We ask for the rain. We ask for rain. You know why? Because in that same scripture, Zechariah 10, there's a promise. It doesn't, it doesn't say, if you ask, it might happen. There's a statement where it says, he will, God will give them showers of rain. Whoa. I actually believe he's going to do that today. But he'll do that to the degree that we're willing to take it out those doors and release it. He'll, he'll do that to the degree that you learn that even though we get to experience the Holy Spirit, I love experiential moments and encounters, but do you know what? You carry the rain. The rain, R-A-I-N, of the Holy Spirit's inside of you, which means wherever you go, you can release the rain, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I actually believe maybe that's the thing that positions us to experience greater measures of corporate breakthrough when we experience those, you know, suddenly moments. All these revivals have that suddenly moment. You know, Father's Day 1995 at Brownsville or January 1994, the, the big moment where God just blew in. I believe God right now is looking for people who will study, who will steward the measure of Holy Spirit outpouring they've already received. And I believe as we do that well, we're going to experience more. So it looks like two things. It looks like living a lifestyle of risk where we step out and we pray for the sick, where we preach the gospel, where we do everything the scripture says, where we, you know, if the Holy Spirit gives us a word to share with somebody, we do it because that's actually releasing the reign of the Holy Spirit. So we take risk. Bill Johnson has taught this for years. We take risk in public and we cry out in private. We cry out when we're all together like this. But we have to ask for the rain. And I love what Bill Johnson in his book, Open Heaven, says this. We can't pray token prayers. If my prayer doesn't move me, it won't move God. Huh. Whoa. Oh, Bill, he always has one of those zingers. <laughs> if my prayer doesn't move me, I remember the Holy Spirit recently convicted me about this. It was at Thanksgiving. I was with my brother-in-law, sister-in-law. They're, they're, um, you see how I am. They're not that way. Uh, they're, 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 let's just say they're not Pentecostal believers. Um, but we, you know, we prayed, we said grace before um, for Thanksgiving and we moved on. And I felt like the Lord said, Larry, Anytime you have the opportunity, listen, it doesn't mean we go into travail over our food, okay? <laughs> there are people who do. There are God bless them. Um, but it does mean as believers, sometimes we're given opportunities to pray. I don't have time to do a casual scripted prayer. I don't have time. Larry, we're going to let you pray for the... Oh, no, it doesn't mean we go into... We've got to use discernment. But you know, if we're giving opportunity to pray 
that we need to seize it. It's like, Lord, and, and interestingly enough, the people that we think will be most offended sometimes by those kinds of prayers are provoked to the greatest measure of hunger because they hear you pray that way and they think, wow, prayer is a whole lot different than I was ever exposed to. I don't want to pray just a token prayer. I want to pray something that moves me and I believe it will move God. My favorite Bible verse is not necessarily a typical one. It's not John 3, 16. That's a good one. Or Jeremiah 29, 11. My favorite Bible verse is a prayer. It's Isaiah 64, 1. And his prayer is this, oh, that you would rend the heavens. Whoa, and come down. What does that mean? Oh God, that you would literally tear open and part the heavens and you'd come down with a manifestation of your presence that causes the nations to tremble. I burn for that because I know it's available. I know I don't have to beg, but likewise, I do know I have to take risk and I do know we have to contend for that. And I do know that we can't just settle for where we've been. I'm grateful for where we've been. I'm grateful for what we've seen. But how many of you know, just in the pit of your spirit, in your bones, there's more. There's more. My last quote is this. Andrew Murray said, the coming revival must begin with a great revival of prayer. It is in the closet with the door shut that the sound of the abundance of rain will first be heard. An increase of secret prayer with ministers, which that's all of us, by the way, will be the sure harbinger of blessing, speaking of revival. So I'm going to ask if the worship team could come up. Costi, is there anything else? I, that, that's what I was going to have the worship team come up, and I want to give people an opportunity to get prayed for. Let's all stand. I'm done with my message, but I, I, I don't feel like the Holy Spirit's done. Almost, but I, I, there's something he wants to do. Hmm. How many of you are grateful that we are in the time of outpouring? And if you didn't know, I've got good news. We are in the time of Holy Spirit outpouring. We've been there for 2,000 years, and it's only increasing because Jesus is not coming back for a church that's falling apart. He's coming back for a church in revival. He's coming, for, he's coming back for a church that looks like everything he described. So let's just pray a moment. Father, we, just, we thank you for this time. <clears throat> yeah. I just sense the Holy Spirit even saying today, it's not going to be a, conven a conventional time. Um, this is not going to be Larry laying hands on you. In just a minute, we're going to worship for a moment. And I want to give you an invitation. I actually believe the Lord wants to impart something to you. Hmm. Far better than Larry. You get it, you're getting a good deal. He actually wants to impart something that's going to infuse your prayer life. How many of you, if you're very honest, and I could raise my hand, um, I don't need to raise my hand for this anymore, but if you're very honest, you could say, God, my prayer life could use an infusion with the Holy Spirit. You're going to get it today. You're going to get it. It's going to shift. It's going to shift. I'm promising you that. Father, even right now, I see the Lord coming through this room and he's actually cleaning off. He's cleaning your mind and he's actually changing the way you view prayer because so many of us have sadly been impacted just by this religious thing. This real, he's cleaning up the spirit of religion right now, 
right now. We welcome your cleansing spirit. We, we, even from the beginning of this service, it was announced that we're in the laver, that he's, oh, Rabbi said, just pray right now in the spirit. Some of you are already getting it, but he's cleansing all the religion out of your prayer life. He's cleansing that, that list. He's, he's cleansing. It's got to look this way. He's cleansing. It's got to sound this way. I got to sit in some chair in an empty room with the windows closed. He's saying, no, no, no. You can walk around outside and pray. You can be, you can, you can be outdoors and pray. You can, so he's breaking the box right now. That's what he did with me. I'm literally freely giving to you what he freely gave to me. Because I told the Lord, if prayer is me just sitting in a quiet room, I'm out. And he said, good, it, never me- it was never meant to be. Doesn't mean a quiet room is bad. It just means, how do you connect with the Holy Spirit? And of course the scripture tells us to go into that quiet place. We get it. But what if we really carry rain? What if we really carry the outpouring of the Holy Spirit? What if He really lives inside of us? That means I could be walking outside. I could be walking on a nature trail. I could be praying in tongues and the Spirit of God will start unveiling mysteries to me. And He'll say, why don't you call this person? Why don't you text this person? Why don't you actually go pull over? Get out your phone and look up that Bible verse. I'm just releasing that to you because that's what He wants. He wants an adventure with you. I just declare that prayer is an adventure. So that's great. But here's what he wants to impart. And I believe this key thing is gonna infuse your prayer life. You know, there's so many things we need to pray for. I get it, I have my list. We wanna petition for people who need breakthrough and healing. But the thing that so invigorated my prayer life was simply coming into agreement with God for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Thank you again for joining us for this podcast. We pray that above all, your life was touched by his presence. If you're interested in learning more about the church or getting plugged in, you can visit us at www.risennation.org or follow us on social media to stay up to date with all that God is doing here. We love you guys. God bless.